Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to this week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, October 21st, 2022, and this week, Uber Eats delivers pots, Lyft increases fees, and Uber launches ads. Now, to help me break this down, I'm joined by Legal Rideshare's co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Jared. Thanks for having me on for another round of This Week in Rideshare. Yep. Happy Friday. It's uh, yet again, always interesting talking to you, always interesting hearing your insight. And this week is 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 going to be uh, full of some interesting stuff for sure. I'm going to uh, jump right into it. So start with Monday. Um, Uber Eats will start delivering pot in Toronto. So Axios reported, quote, Uber Eats customers in Toronto will be able to order cannabis starting Monday. This is thanks to a new partnership with uh, Leafly. So how this works is those in Toronto age 19 or older will be able to order in the app just like they would from a restaurant. Um, obviously, they need to prove that they're of legal, uh, legal age. Now, what's interesting with this, though, is deliveries will be made by the cannabis retailer staff rather than an independent driver. I, I think my big question to you, Brian, is do you think this is going to make it to the United States? You know, eventually, I'm sure it'll get there. Uh, right now, we've got many states who are legalizing marijuana. Obviously, it's not legal on a federal level, so there would have to be um, some turning of a blind eye by the federal agents. But I would imagine within the next five, ten years, we're going to be seeing this uh, stateside as well. What's interesting is kind of the last little point here. It says that deliveries will be made by the cannabis retailer staff rather than just kind of a typical Uber Eats driver. Is that due to legal reasons or simply the control of, of how the cannabis delivery works there? You know, I think that it it is a legal consideration. We don't want to be handing uh, controlled substances, which marijuana still is in a lot of ways, even in, in states where it's legalized, it's, it's heavily scrutinized. Um, we don't want to be giving it to people who haven't been vetted, aren't, may not be allowed to buy it for one reason or another. Uh, and the people who work for the cannabis retailers are all going to have the, uh, be of a legal age, be um, of a, you know, not a felon, you know, whatever the, the consideration may be, they're going to be properly vetted to handle the material. Got it. Makes sense. I will head into Tuesday. Lyft is charging more per ride. TechCrunch reported, quote, Lyft is increasing its service fee that its riders in the U.S. pay for each ride. The rise in cost, which will go directly to Lyft, aims to cover the higher cost of insurance. Um, they said this is only going to increase the average of less than 50 cents per trip, although we're really seeing some people are saying it's more like 60 cents or an 18% increase. Uh, which implies a 3% increase in the cost of an average ride. Um, the data also showed that Lyft increased its service fee for riders in almost all 150 U.S. markets. Um, and again, I think the thing here, Brian, is they're increasing the fee for the riders. It doesn't sound like it's going to the drivers. Yeah, well, there's two ways to look at this. One, we, we wish that they were sharing more of the profits with the drivers. Anytime that they take more from a passenger, it, you know, a part of that should go to the worker who's actually performing the task at hand. On the other side, I, I'm not necessarily opposed to the fact that they're collecting more money for insurance costs and things of that nature. But I would like to see better insurance. I would like to see the money being put to better use uh, than it currently is. We are seeing insurance uh, benefits go down 
with rideshare uh, over you know, the past few years, it used to be that every ride was covered with a million dollars, that every uh, accident that you were involved in, you would have access to legitimate insurance benefits. Around the country, those limits are falling. And I guarantee you that Lyft is not going to use this money to make uh, insurance uh, benefits available to passengers in a greater way. They're just going to use it to minimize their expenses and, and hopefully increase their profits. Right. And, the, and sort of the eroding of these protections, again, for the drivers. And like you said, with the insurance, it, it just it snowballs into an issue. It always does. You know, they, they I know they're etching away to try to make a profit, but eventually it comes back to bite them. It always does. It, that's the thing is eventually they're going to be too expensive. Passengers are going to look for other modes of transportation. They might find themselves back in taxis. Uh, and rideshare is going to suffer. So either they need to use the money that they're collecting for the benefit of the driver and the passenger experience, uh, or they need to keep fares at a reasonable price. They, they can't have it both ways. Absolutely. Totally agree. Let's head into Wednesday. Your next Uber ride may come with ads. No shock here. As CNN reported, quote, Uber is launching an in-house advertising division and rolling out its own form of targeted ads as it seeks to develop, surprise, new revenue sources. Uber also, at the exact same time, unveiled its new in-app journey ads service. So this allows marketplace ads within the Uber app to reach customers at each step of their trip. This means the customers will be served ads when they check to see how far their driver is or kind of just along uh, the route as well. Now, there's, this is, there's, a, there's a ton of advertising companies that have done outside the cars, and inside the cars, um, but they're not really saying, again, what the costs are going to be and if the drivers benefit. That's the thing. Again, just like we were talking about with Lyft increasing its uh, rates to, to buy you know, more insurance or to lower their costs with insurance, we're not seeing a benefit to the drivers in this program. Uh, this is not a new idea. Uh, drivers have been putting advertisements in and on their cars uh, for years, um, but it has always been in the driver's control, meaning they can supplement their income uh, as Uber and Lyft decrease the amount of money that drivers are making. Drivers can look for alternatives to um, to, to bring more money into their pocket. I, I promise you that Uber does not plan on sharing these profits with the drivers, but instead this will take away a revenue source uh, from the drivers. So it's, you know, it, it seems to benefit the company, but not the worker. Yeah. And then, so really the question becomes, there are some of these third party companies like Octopus that have the um, in, in car ad kind of tablet is, is Uber going to say, look, you're going to have to agree to these terms. And some of these terms to continue driving is you can't have any competitive advertising platforms in your car. But then wouldn't that also kind of dance with them not being independent contractors. Yeah, they don't want to exert too much control over the driver and what they can and cannot put in their vehicle. So I don't anticipate that they're going to be removing that opportunity from the driver's arsenal. But in the same vein, they might get so many, they might have so many partnerships with companies like Octopus or Vugo or, you know, whatever other companies have been out there in the past where those companies are working with Uber instead of the driver. So it's almost as if the driver loses the ability to advertise uh, as a secondary effect of the partnership with Uber. Right. Cause you know, these, the, the advertising was, was these advertising platforms were really a nice way for drivers and gig workers 
to have a truly independent form of, of uh, additional compensation. And you're right now with Uber stepping in, once again, they're going to control it. They're going to do what they do best, which is, you know, throw a lot of gray areas down and make drivers unhappy. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see how it goes. This is inevitable. Um, but, yeah, time will tell, as always. We'll head on to Thursday here, which this has been a hot topic for quite a while. But um, the verdict of the former Uber ex-CSO uh, is really raising more questions than answers. And this is from Cybersecurity Drive. So recently, the former chief security officer of Uber was convicted of a pretty historic federal trial earlier this month after he was charged with covering up a ransomware attack while his firm was under investigation. So what happened is, once there was a breach, the ex-CSO paid two hackers $100,000 in Bitcoin to basically cover this up, have them sign non-disclosure agreements to keep it a secret. Of course, it came to light, um, He and now he was charged and convicted. But I, I think the thing that's interesting in this article that Cybersecurity uh, Dive is, is saying is, Okay, if if Sullivan could be convicted on these charges, why are the other senior C-suite officials not being charged? A lot of people are saying if a decision was made um, by him, he was not acting alone. So this, Brian, to me, kind of is a is is a bigger issue, not just with what happened in the cybersecurity side, but kind of the company in general. Because as you know, these any decision they make, good or bad. It's not done alone, and it's saying, well, did they kind of skirt the law yet again when this happens? Uber has operated the same way since its beginning, and it's you ask for forgiveness and not permission, and this is just another uh, obvious uh, you know, situation where they're not playing by the rules. Um, they were able to pin this entire act, essentially, on one scapegoat when you know that there were higher-ups who played a role in this you know they don't allow one person to make a decision like this and um we we just don't want to see uber being able to get away or any company get away with compromising the security of drivers customers um you know there's a ton of data that's out there and people need to pay the price for it it's not right that just one individual is bearing the brunt of a whole company's downfall yeah i mean if you know if they can get away with this What's to say in the future they don't do, they don't just keep building a scapegoat and again steamrolling through situations and just kind of firing or getting one person arrested? It is it's definitely concerning and and I've been following this for a while and very shocked that one man took the fall because just like they said you know C suite officials they don't work alone you know they are all talking about strategies and 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 how to grow the company and solve issues so. Pretty wild stuff. Yeah, and this is just one issue. We're seeing this with data privacy, but what happens when we're talking about self-driving cars and glitches and uh, or right. sexual harassment and issues with the work environment? You can think of a thousand different examples where they can sweep things under the rug and one person might take the fall if they get caught. It, it just doesn't create a, a uh, environment of accountability. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And we, we're going to see it again and again. I'm sure we will. Um, and we're going to end the week with Uber and Lyft drivers are pressing lawmakers for change. Now, this is happening in Minnesota. And the Minnesota reformer reported, quote, drivers say companies continue to gobble up more of each fare, more than 60 percent by their estimates, even as they bear the burden of rising prices for gas, cars and insurance. Um, Ali, whose group 
that he just launched now includes a thousand members after starting about four months ago in Mo- in Minnesota. So drivers would rather remain independent contractors if the state enacts protections for them. Um, he actually pointed to Washington State as an example, which now requires Uber and Lyft to provide workers with a minimum wage, paid sick leave, and access to third-party appeals process for deactivations. So as we're seeing all over the, all over the other country, drivers are coming together in big groups, launching initiatives, launching nonprofit organizations, and saying to lawmakers, things need to change. And Bryant, we keep seeing it, um, and, but it gives me hope. Yeah, I love yeah, seeing I love drivers come together. That's really the biggest thing that I'm pulling from this story is that in four short months, he's got so many drivers fighting for a common cause. When drivers work together, their voices are heard. One of Uber and Lyft's biggest priorities from the beginning has been to atomize the driver, make them feel as though, as though they don't have a community. They aren't supported. There's no water cooler for them to talk about the shortcomings of the, the boss or the company. Well, Drivers are changing that. We've seen it in Chicago with organizations like the Independent Drivers Guild. We've seen it in New York with the same organization. I love seeing uh, what they're doing in Minnesota, what they've done in Los Angeles, what we've seen them do uh, in literally every pocket of the country. So as long as this keeps going, the voices are going to be heard and the companies are going to have to answer. Yeah, and that's key. It's about change. And these drivers are learning this. And it's, again, great to see. And we have... uh, obviously and always historically supported organizations like this because it's the key to, to true change and, and key to making this a win-win for everyone. Um, now, before we sign off, Brian, I'll give you the floor. We just want to, again, give everyone a, a reminder about Legal Rideshare and we'll sign off. Right. Well, thanks for, for the opportunity. I, I think that it's just important to remind everybody that Legal Rideshare is here if you're involved in an accident. Um, we are a personal injury law firm that's entirely dedicated to protecting Uber, Lyft, gig workers, and, and drivers. Um, if you are injured on the job, uh, we can, we're happy to offer a free consultation to explain your rights, to explain how to protect yourself against the insurance company, try to collect money for your lost wages, get your medical bills paid, uh, any other damage that you sustain. Um, so please give us a call immediately so that we can best protect you, best give you the, the right advice. Um, and, you know, our, our lawyers are standing by. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Brian. And as I like to end it, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.